Wow, another one of these funny-looking mobile suits. This is Zaf Special Forces Agent Athrin Zala. Do you read me, Frida? Or should I say, Kira Yamato? Athrin? Hello and welcome to It's a Gundam, the internet's best and as far as I know only Gundam Seed podcast where I do that intro every week. My name is Jeremy. I'm Tyler. Hello, my name is Zach. Every week we watch an episode of the 2002 anime Gundam Seed and lately we talk about how great they are because we're at the good part even if Zach said this part sucks. Uh, I, was, I was really expecting Zach to have a comeback there. I didn't, didn't say it, it sucks. I said it's on a downhill. I mean, I guess it's not the second half of Gundam Seed Destiny. Uh, yeah, it's not that bad. Yeah, say so some stories have an arc. It sounds like this has uh, peaks and troughs. It's more that a lot of the individual character arcs are kind of over or wrapping up. Like, Moo has his mobile suit. Where does he need to go as a character? Kira <laughs> stopped being a shitty teenager. I really want Toll's character arc to finish up. Yeah, that he, takes a while. And he comes back as Cyborg Sailor Mercury in Gundam Seed Destiny. Did you know Sailor Mercury was originally supposed to be a cyborg? How dope is the universe where that came through? That would be awesome. I mean, she's basically halfway there already, so so this is completely random. Um, but I encountered a guy recently who showed me a bunch of pics of him doing cosplay stuff, and he cosplays Sailor Mars one year, and it was amazing. Alright. He's like a big burly beardy guy too, and he just went in this like skimpy sailor outfit. It was amazing. Well, if I needed any other reasons to not go to cons. I think this is exactly reason for me to go to a con. <laughs> you and I have different priorities. I will be Sailor Venus. You took the good one. Damn I it. I will not exactly. acknowledge your existence. Oh, I'll be Sailor Jupiter, and I will wreck fools. For some reason, I was walking around work the other day, and I was really struck with... I had, I've been doing, like, snap finger guns a lot recently, and I really wish I would stop doing this, but I just keep doing it. But the other day, I pointed at someone, and I'm like, I really want to, like, in the name of the moon, I'm going to punish you. Oh, Shioko? <laughs> I don't know, Serena. That doesn't seem very nice. My friends are incredibly freaking weird. Uh, so speaking of that, today we're going to be watching episode 37 slash 39, if you're watching the original, entitled Athern. A nice bookend to that episode that was Kira, where they hung out in Orb and were sad that they were on the other side of fences. Isn't Athern? they close enough. What? You, are you upset with my Thern? Yeah. <laughs> Look, we titled him Clotho on the last episode, uh, but in the subtitles, they call him Crot. So I really wonder what the new dub is going to go with. <laughs> Crot is kind of, I won't say, say more accurate, but it's like a Kakarot Katakarato thing. I thought it was actually Clotho in it's, the English In dub. the original dub, it was Clotho. But they in this version, they call him Crot, which makes me wonder if ah. in the new dub, they will keep that. <laughs> His full name is Crotrot. <laughs> Well, I actually kind of wonder, uh, because you guys told me his name was Clotho, whether or not it's supposed to be a reference to the Fates. Um, I don't know, because the other ones are Shani and... Orga. Orga. So, I don't think so. Like, if you were going to do the Three Fates, you'd think they'd do the Three Fates. <laughs> you know, there's Clotho, the cutter of threads. Shani, the uh, <laughs> procurer of sweet duds. <laughs> <laughs> and Orga, 
the other one. He's the odd man out. That's right. He's he's a straight man at the group. It really makes the whole thing work. I don't think we really have anything to talk about before this episode. I'm struggling for a topic and can't think of one. So should we just get to it? It's a good episode, so hopefully we'll have a lot to talk about. It is. There's a lot of sweet action sequence in this. That's the problem is maybe we'll just be like, oh, these action sequences are sweet and won't have any cool analysis. Oh, no, I'm going to I'm gonna comment on every single frame. Well, every single frame moves on screen, so that'll cut down the runtime a little bit. All right, so we start with a previously on where we see the big asshole Zach doesn't like being an asshole. Maru trying to dismiss the crew of the ship and them not doing so. I actually kind of like the fact that it doesn't actually say previously on or anything like that. It's just a <laughs> uh, a mashup of pertinent events that happened in the previous episode. I love, like, Kigali's having a nervous breakdown, and she's, like, running her hands through her hair, and Kira's like, eh, not so bad. And she's like, what? I am immediately mollified. <laughs> so I'm confused why business guy is on a military vessel. like Because he paid for the cool Gundams? Okay. And he is the one who is like, you should let me lead negotiations with Orb. Yeah, he's uh, he's a member of the military industrial complex. Okay. So he's a government contractor representative. Yes. He's also the leader of Blue Cosmos, and clearly they need to be here. Obviously. Well, they're not big fans of neutral nations living on their planets. So anyway, at the end of last episode, Atherin showed up. Kira was struggling against the druggies, who still hadn't been named, in their cool new Gundams that Business Guy provided for them. And Atherin saved Kira from being almost lasered, dramatically entering. With his sweet shield thing, because apparently Atherin's thing is shields. I guess he was in the Aegis for a while. Yep. Meanwhile, Kira looks more surprised that Atherin's there than any of the druggies did. Although I guess to them it's just like, oh, another mobile suit. We didn't expect that. To be fair, they're the only ones that can fly so far, is the forbidden, the calamity, and the freedom. All other mobile suits are pretty grounded. They either have to parachute in or uh, uh, fall and break their servos like the <laughs> To be fair, the, the DIN can fly. That's true. The DIN can fly. But there are no DINs in this battle. No. Which is a shame, really. There's not enough Zaft. We need a three-way conflict. But what we need is Zeta Gundam, which is this rad three-way conflict where everybody is always stabbing each other in the back, always. And Haman Khan wins because she has the best boobs. Wait, does that mean that uh, Kira's going to win because Maru has the best boobs? Possibly. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's L- how that look, works. Look, canonically, Haman Khan was raised in space, so gravity wasn't a problem for her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you know, it never occurred to me that that is a factor. So, but that is technically a factor. So the episode opens after the opening with some really nice animation of battleships, way better than anything we've seen before, and the archangel over them shooting. There's this really cool, like, line of astrays. One's put its shield down to use for cover that just, like, looks like a line of battle. It's very nice. And then we see some astrays fighting some daggers. And actually a really nice action sequence. The dagger gets its arm shut off. We get the astray girls, like, actually doing something, and they're working kind of as a squad. One is being pressed by a dagger, and the other one shows up to bail her out. And shoots it right through the cockpit. And we see another stray girl stabbing a different dagger through the cockpit. And then we cut back to Kigali and Rambo at the Battle HQ, looking at those sweet technical readouts with lots of dots. Yeah, and despite the fact that they seem to be doing well, apparently they're losing. Well, they're losing ground. They're being pushed in. And we see that they're no longer on the beach. They're, like, in the city. I mean, the thing is, like... They have higher quality, but they don't have the numbers. So in any individual location, they're being pushed back. Because, like, Mu and Diarca and the Estrays can only be in so many locations, and if the daggers get behind them, they could be overwhelmed. And we saw the druggies took out quite a few Estrays before Kira went to intercept them. And Kira's busy with the druggies, so he's not helping. And Diarca is trying to uh, 
Yeah, the Arca take out a- missiles. Intercepts a bunch of missiles. Moo takes down three daggers in one blast of his big gun. Meanwhile, Atherin and Kira are just kind of chilling. Kira's just like staring up at Atherin. The druggies are like, hey, who are you? You look weird. Yeah, because, yeah, your mobile suits don't look weird. <laughs> Yours doesn't look like a giant crab with a scythe. <laughs> and Atherin goes and asks who Kira is in the freedom. And well, I have the question of, is this really the best time to be doing this? Hey, that's his mission. True. I mean, and we established uh, before that he is technically, even if he assists the freedom, he is currently engaging in his mission because these druggies have seen the freedom. Therefore, they must be destroyed because everything that might have come into contact with the freedom (laughs) must be destroyed. I love those open-ended orders. Just, you know, burn it all. The entire planet. Just (laughs) Look, don't take orders from Magneto. Zack is kind of downplaying how cool Atherin's introduction is. He has definitely been practicing this the entire time he's in space. Because he's like, this is Special Forces, uh, uh, this is Special Forces member Atherin Zola of Zaft. Kira Yamato, I presume. He he had a mirror. He he was resourcing it. (laughs) He's not quite Atherin Bond from the opening of Destiny, but he's getting there. Uh, the uh, justice my... takes out is cool Darth Maul double beam saber, which is the first time we've seen that in this series. It won't I, be the last. I keep thinking of the transformer sound effect anytime the raider transforms. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a cool edit. Just <laughs> the justice has a double bladed beam saber because that's totally necessary. Well, it actually has two singles that can go together. The freedom does as well, but we haven't seen it do it yet. They just, like, magnetic lock together or something? Something like that. But yeah, it gives you double the amount of slashiness, but it doesn't let him slash the raider's little arm shield. And Kira gets all conflicted as they start kind of effortlessly teaming up against these guys. Like, he's just not even focusing on the battle. He's emotionally traumatized and focusing on his conversation with Atherin. And we got a lot of really, really cool diagonal cut-ins cutting over the action while they talk. Yeah, I mean, I, I really like that. Like, Kira asks Atherin if Zaft is going to butt in, basically. I like how And it... Atherin's like, I haven't been told anything about this specifically. I'm just doing this because I want to. I love that response, though. I have no specific orders. <laughs> he does have very general orders yes. about this battle, which is burn it, burn it off. <laughs> fire use it everyone in this area must have been in contact with the freedom therefore everyone must die uh the i think it's the forbidden the it's main cannon is just like all right left turn yeah the left turn laser you're describing (laughs) this last episode yeah the left turn laser still great and the druggies are confused but they're still going after them because they're kind of crazy i'm a huge fan of the giant flail yeah, that one. Is you that the Raider? Yes, that is the Raider. The Raider is the wing, the Calamity is the heavy arms, and the Forbidden is the death sight. I like the Calamity because big guns are always cool. But we also get an indication of the three druggies, as we refer to them, are not on the same page. Like They're all on the same side, but they're not working together as a unit to attack Atherin and Kira. They're... The Calamity just fires into the melee without regard to for the minus four penalty to firing into melee and nearly hits his teammates. <laughs> Say, if this were a regular shonen anime, they would lose because they didn't understand the power of friendship. Well, uh, by it contrast, is magic. I really, really like how Atherin and Kira just effortlessly start working together. And we'll see that a little bit more later because right now they're still kind of struggling and finding their bearings. But they just suddenly well, pull out all sorts of team moves. They're currently whereas- arguing. Yeah, whereas the druggies are just shooting at each other and just surviving because of the weird gimmicks of their suits, and Shawnee is smug throughout. We get we get a couple of shots of the mobile suits on the ground. Oh, I, I had noticed that the first time, the uh, Perfect Strike ejecting another one of its power cells. Yeah. 
But you just get a bunch of shots of Diarca, Moo, and the Astray Girls all just kind of looking up at the melee that's going on between the flying mobile suits. Everyone's kind of confused. It also helps establish the speed of what's going on up there because from a distance, it just kind of looks like a laser light show. And the command center are like, what? Is that another Alliance mobile suit? No, it's backing up the freedom. And Kigali gets a nice reaction shot. While the Calamity just literally jumps onto a battleship. It can't fly, so it's trying to jump at the battle. (laughs) Unfortunately, it also can't jump good. And just lands on top of a ship and blows out its bridge while it acts as an artillery piece firing into the melee. Yeah, and the ultimate example of them not working together, the Calamity hits the Forbidden, which reflects a laser at the Raider. But right after that, Kira and Atherin start using all their physical weapons on the Forbidden, which has the laser reflex shield, but doesn't reflect the physical attacks, and they manage to press it back. Can I just say that the Raider in Ween mode looks goofy as shit? It's like it this does. bird thing with a Gundam head. Yeah, it looks like a weird eagle. It's got grasping talons. <laughs> Presumably for moving the Calamity into range, because we've seen it riding on the back, but we also see later on here the Calamity <laughs> being picked up. But... We see Atherin use his sweet backpack to block the thro- forbidden. throws it like a cape at it. It's got its own thrusters. It doesn't throw it. It launches like a missile. It's yeah, like the Justice's big gimmick. He blocks the line of sight and Kira fires point blank into him. And meanwhile, the Archangel stops a bunch of incoming missiles. Because the Archangel is crewed by an elite crew and is an actual battleship. And we see the tide of the battle kind of starting to turn. Moo is holding off a line, destroying more mobile suits. Diarca <laughs> comes in to steal the kills. Yeah, I love that word. Diarca is... is just, uh, he's the support. The Astray girls do a nice, cool action shot. It's very Star Wars poster. And Businessman is like, haven't we won yet? That's weird. I could have sworn these high-tech pieces of equipment that I bankrolled would win. And the captain is... Basically kind being of, a glib asshole. Well, he's pointing out uh, the truth. Like, blue suit douche seems to think, ah, this we're we're better than everybody. And then, it's like, uh, your guys actually aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing. They're getting in a duel with the other main characters and don't seem to be having any effect on the battle. They have neutralized each other. And now the druggies start actually attacking each other and not Kira and Athrin. But before they can destroy each other... They, they... start listening to dubstep. <laughs> I was going to say they go into sepia tone after in flashbacks. It's more purple or pink color. Which is to represent them going suddenly through withdrawal, sy- sy- withdrawal symptoms of the drugs they took last episode. So they are basically forced to retreat while writhing in pain. And we see the cool eagle talons grasp the calamity to fly off with it. As it's just like kind of hovering in the air. And then Kira's well, like... Presumably the- it's falling and both Kira and Atherin are kind of like... Uh, what exactly is going on? And everybody else is confused that those mobile suits are returning to the ships. And there's some awkward-ass animation of the Calamity shuffling into the ships. (laughs) Shuffle, shuffle, shuffle. And so Blue Suit Asshole's like, That's all, folks! I'm Porky Pig now. We're taking a break. Episode's over, Captain. He gets into, like, a sassy pose while saying this, and he's like, It's no big deal. We're just... And then he literally just air quotes for temporary retreat. Recall your forces. You suck, so you're not going to be able to win alone. You need my cool suits. And it just means Orb has cooler stuff than we thought they had. Yeah, they have the main characters there. How else would we be able to win? They have main characters. There's no way. I'm surprised they want to continue the engagement. Like, I feel like he got to test his new suits, and they got repelled. I'm surprised he wants to risk it as opposed to, like, going and... He wants the mass driver. Yeah. He, He needs the mass driver that Orb holds. 
that's why they're here in the first place, remember? That's a good point. I guess that is a time-sensitive objective. Although, don't they have another one they were planning on going to It taking? got destroyed. No, they are planning another offensive to take a separate one. But they already have the oh, forces no. here. And that's that, wrecked that, the other one. That's yeah. right. And that uh, offensive might fail as well. And then, like, you can't count on the other team. That's fair. Especially you because the... You can't uh, count on winning in Europe if you're in the Pacific. Especially because the named characters are here. Well, they don't know that. Did they even know that the Freedom was here? I was talking about the three druggies. Uh, and also, if you're a military contractor, you want your demonstration to be a successful one, not... <laughs> We took the new cool stuff we spent all the money on and got beat by Japan. So Kira's like, cool, cool. Thanks for saving me, Atherin. Where the fuck are you here? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We get some glaring between the two of them. We return to the shot of the worst shot in the series where they altered Kira's strike against Nickel. But also we get Lackis looking snarky at him. And and also his dad being like, burn it all! (laughs) And then Lackis, don't be a dick, (laughs) Atherin. And Atherin's like, oh, my orders are to recapture or destroy the freedom. I really want anytime Lackis speaks to him in a flashback to be replaced by Haro Haro. <laughs> he does not mention the burn it all aspect of his. Yeah, he doesn't. He, he doesn't mention that. But he's like, uh, but I don't have any intention of fighting you or your allies right now. I just want to talk. Lackis told me to. She's usually smart. I just want to talk. And that has nothing to do with the fact that I'm currently outnumbered and badly outgunned. And then, like, right after that, we go through a shot of the Associated Pilots, Moo, Diarka, and the three Astray Girls just looking absolutely exhausted. Asagi is actually asleep in her cockpit. I, I never really thought of that oh, as no, being... Oh, no, she, She's not... I don't think she's actually asleep. She's just exhausted and, like, kind of, you know, got your head tilted Resting off to the side eyes. and resting. I actually really like Diarka's pose because it looks like he's getting ready to pose for some magazine covers. <laughs> he does look like a sexy boy in this episode, huh? <laughs> I guess Kigali has just wandered out into the Kigali's got to have some kind of like teleporter or something because <laughs> how she got there so quickly, I have absolutely no idea. Maybe they were that close to the front lines. I don't know. Athern's like, I want to talk. Let's land. Like and that's like, the act break. And I get to lament even more that the strike pink never got any real use. It's in destiny. The strike rouge. Hi there. It's Jeremy again halfway through the episodes I edited, so all the cool pictures and stuff, and Tyler's soothing, nerdy voice. But for now, thank you for listening to episode 37 of It's a Gundam. If you want to check out our past episodes, if this is somehow the first one you found, www.lastpodcast.com is where you can do that. That's where my other two shows are as well, including Jumpstart Weekly, which I should probably plug since... I never do, and I've edited a few of these. We're going to have Tyler guesting on the next episode coming out this Saturday to talk about a manga he likes. That's a podcast where me and my buddy Kevin, who's been on this podcast a couple times, read Shonen Jump and talk about it and spoil My Hero Academia for everyone who's waiting for the anime to come out in October. Also on Last Podcast, you can find our Discord. If you want to join there, that's the easiest way to talk to us. We've been having a lot of good conversations there lately, including what we might do after Gundam Seed Destiny. No plans yet, but if there's a Gundam series you'd like to see us tackle, go ahead and leave a comment on the website, www.lastpodcast.com, and we might consider it. Like I said, no plans yet, but we'll have to do something eventually. All right, that should about do it. I'll let you guys get back to the episode. Bye. When we come back from the... It has gone from being midday to dusk. I do kind of like that as a passage of time. I was going to say that we're now in a water break. Well, like, like, I hadn't necessarily connected the dots, but we do go from midday to dusk immediately, and Atherin and Kira haven't even landed yet. 
somehow a lot of people got wounded even though they were in mobile suits and like presumably ground troops and civilians that were still in the area we have very least definitely saw tanks and jets also that's participating fair. and any potential ejection anybody who potentially ejected like you can die in a mobile suit cockpit we definitely saw mobile suits get destroyed yeah on orb side my point is there seemed to be a surprising number of limbs just scattered around the field that people were trying to find well to be fair there is a line of this guy's leg needs to come off which doesn't and also mean the it. left arm is over here <laughs> that might be a mobile suit arm though because okay. i had the exact same thought and i think it is a mobile suit that, arm that refers to a, a mobile i think that doesn't refer to a mobile suit because you wouldn't refer to somebody's actual limb as the left arm's over here well why not there's a very <laughs> well, if anything you'd use his I found his arm. There's a very cute shot of one of the Astray girls dumping her water over her head while they, like they just won the big volleyball game. Those three pretty much always show up together. And then, like, Moo goes down from the strikes cockpit and immediately falls on his ass. He's like, this is so much harder than flying a jet. And Diarca's like, I'm not entirely sure what to feel because I'm watching the Archangel come at me and I'm not supposed to be attacking it. And then Kigali starts being a cheerleader, but like, he did good, everyone! Yeah! I don't know why they just left, though. <laughs> that seems a little suspicious. And then the freedom and justice finally start to land, and all the main characters kind of start to congregate there. They park the Archangel nearby. Kigali runs over. Moo sort of slowly saunters over. Diarca comes with him. <laughs> As Atherd and Kira slowly lower themselves down on their <laughs> little lines. Diarca is now Moo's new wingman. Well, they've gone from being arch enemies to best friends, yes. just like any yeah, good show. And maybe anime. Moo can teach Diarca how to overcome his newest arch enemy, gravity. gravity. Also, sand. Also, water. Gravity <laughs> is Diarca's arch enemy at this point, since it's no longer Moo. Or the Godfreeds. Or the Godfreeds, yeah. <laughs> Athern and Kira slowly start approaching each other, a bunch of orb soldiers level guns at them. Kira, like, kind of Kira waves, waves them off. I like, love no. how Athern just looks over and is like, heh. <laughs> And, and like everybody's just like staring at him. It's like, what's gonna happen next? And Derek is like, Athern, what the fuck is he doing here? Yeah, Athern, what, what the fuck is Athern doing here? I never like, thought I saw yeah. I'd see that asshole again. Uh, I don't know what to do here. I'm not supposed to be here. He's not supposed to be here. They start having flashbacks to various times they've been on opposite sides, which of course means the first ending theme starts playing an instrumental in the background, which is very cool because that is their sad we're not friends anymore theme we get the really stupid shot of nickel dying and then the actually kind of cool shot of tall dying and then them beating the hell out of each other in the strike and aegis as they kind of slow determined walk toward each other i guess they parked kind of far away well, yeah i want to accidentally collide midair after flashbacks to all the girls in his life telling him he's an idiot and then they stand face to face with each other just like they did when kira got birdie Moo looks bored. Like, Kigali's got like, the whole, some like... teenage bullshit, and I don't need this in my <laughs> like, life anymore. Kigali's like, oh, no, they, they're making up and all that. And then Moo's just kind of behind her, and he's got this expression like, I don't need this shit right now. They get as far as high and saying each other's name before Kigali glomps them both and makes it a big group hub. <laughs> yeah, it's, both of them are confused. They did need someone to cut the tension because it was obviously mega awkward for yeah, them. Something I just was assumed happening. they were going to hug it out. So And then... Kira glanced at Athen like, thank God I've got somebody else to share this bullshit with. I, she's, she's the most high-strung person I've ever met. So then the sun goes down, we get this transition shot, and the 
ending theme keeps playing, but it kind of emphasizes the guitar and it makes it kind of a not quite triumphant, but it changes the tone of the music and makes it less sad now that they're kind of talking things out, which is a really cool touch. We're in the hangar at this point where all the mobile suits are just kind of lined up. They're working on the Archangel. Kigali clearly been... doesn't have a uh, change of clothing. Kigali's working as the uh, coffee girl. Coffee she's the girl. Yeah, she's the one bringing drinks. Oh, she's and, the diplomatic intern. And Kira has presumably just explained everything to Athern. We get a shot of Kigali's dad in a helicopter just surveying the damage. He appears to be flying it by himself, which I guess emphasizes his I'm a proactive leader role. Diarka kind of hovering behind Millie. You notice she's not punching him anymore. She stopped punching him a while ago. And as he's explaining that if they side with Zaft or the Earth Alliance, the other will attack them and declare them an enemy. We see business suit guy again, and we also see Rao in a submarine kind of observing the battle. And we get a shot of Sad Flay and now in a Zaft military uniform. And Izak right outside staring at the door. <laughs> he sensed a hot redhead in a green dress. There's a and- door. <laughs> yeah, well, he doesn't have x-ray vision, so he's like, I caught my hot redhead. Nope, none, not over here. I guess I must have been a false alarm. I, I hadn't really noticed that before with this viewing. He's just kind of staring at the door. It's like, yes. This is a door. They almost had screen time together, though, so the fanfics are almost justified. <laughs> so anyway, Kara starts being like, well, you know, I killed one of your personal friends, Atherin, but... But he was trying to kill me, and I didn't fucking know him. And he was a <laughs> dipshit anyway. <laughs> He's a little kinder than that. He's trying to talk about the tragedy of it. He's like, I know you were trying to kill me because I killed your friend, and you killed Tall. And Miliaria, who is in overhearing distance starts getting those ptsd flashbacks and the is like oh i could comfort her but i suck too much at women and i don't know how <laughs> my, my, my women's skill is too Isaac. low <laughs> and atherin clearly really depressed says like i tried to kill you and then he's surprised when kira's like yeah i did too and kira kind of just forgiving him and because th- they're in the same situation because clearly atherin has just been beating himself up Almost suicidal since he far more kira. than kira has been beating himself up but then again so kira didn't actually kira succeed <laughs> Then they think about microwaves and how cool those are. Moo gets a cool hug with Maru. It's not as good as their makeout last episode. And Atherin's basically just thinking about his father's crazy, we need to kill everyone speech. And then Kira, clearly reading his mind, is like, we're all going to have to destroy each other. And Atherin's like, that's what my dad said. But then Kira gives him the bedroom eyes and uh, is super effective against Atherin's I'd like depression. to fight by your side, Atherin. And Kira's like, hey, are we going to have to kill each other again? I kind of hope not. That would suck, but... Bedroom And then he's like, oh, that makes me think of my ex-girlfriend. And that one time she told me to go talk to Kira because I suck. And Kira's like, well, I've been hanging out enough. I've got to go, I don't know, do something. I'm not sure what it is yet, but I'm going to go do something else. Atherin's like, wait, what about the nuclear bomb thing on your Gundam? And he's like, well, if someone tries to take it from me, I'll shoot them myself. Which is the one, like, thing Kira seems to be willing to kill for. Which I kind of like as a touch. It's interesting. Well, because it would spread the war further. So clearly, Kira is willing to kill if it will stop the war from getting worse. But he does not want to kill any soldiers. And then Millie breaks down, and Diarka is the worst Dar- uh, with women. Yeah, she and turns it's around amazing. and it's like, "Can I get uh, your number?" <laughs> <laughs> she turns around. And he's like, "Well, uh, I I didn't kill him. He he killed him." Like, so hey, that, that's the guy who killed Frieza. I mean, tall. <laughs> uh, you want to go out? <laughs> And she is like, God damn it, do not remind me of my dead boyfriend when you ask me that. It really sounds like the arc is like, oh man, I've always wanted to kill Atherin. Maybe I can tell <laughs> Atherin with this girl and we'll bond over it and there will be sweet makeout sex? I don't know. 
I didn't think this plan through. Wait up! <laughs> and Atherin's watching, like, what the fuck is Diarca doing here? He's, like, mildly distraught about the fact that he has to deal with Diarca. So more he, like, sits out and is like, ah, damn it. Well, actually, I think it's one of those situations where, like, oh, shit, I actually have to deal with Diarca and, uh, and as a person, not, not just as an extension of Izak. We cut back to the boat sub it's that a the boat. other suits are on. I love the shot of those three suits there. That's immaculately detailed there. They look very good. And the captain's like, hey, we're just waiting on you and your assholes to attack again. And instead of uh, actually trying to send out anything else, blue suit dipshit is like, we're just going to destroy them all. It's like, well, if we can't conquer them, might as well blow them all up. I think I've made my druggies go through enough withdrawal pain for now. These scenes were all cut from the original Cartoon Network run because they definitely worked on drugs. They just had high a C. time limit. Their high C had a time limit. But we then cut back to Atherin and Kigali, both like leaning against walls, kind of opposite each other, pretending they don't like each other because they're too shy to talk. And also, my favorite game to play with cats is the I'm not looking at you game. <laughs> <laughs> and Kigali's like, hey, you must be relieved Kira's alive since you were breaking down before. And he's like, yeah, yeah. I didn't thank you before, which and I, I kind of love this scene because Kigali immediately goes, yeah, you did. Well, kind of. <laughs> Maybe. Wh- wh- which he, he did. So I really like that, like, he doesn't remember that or kind of thinks he needs to again. And she even says, you weren't exactly in a proper state of mind, so maybe you don't remember. And then we see Kira on a cherry picker to get to the cockpit of his mobile suit, which I don't really like. And we I can understand- just saw him on a walkway to do it before, I, so... I, I mean, I kind of understand the aesthetic behind the cherry picker for that, but it's, it's not... Dramatic tension. It's not really a useful thing. Anyway, Kigali, like us and everyone else, asks Atherin, don't you think Kira's changed? But Atherin, unlike everyone else, is like, no, he's the same as he's always been. Which, again, I really like since they know each other from kids. He still has that great ass. That aside, I really like that, like, the idea that Kira was more resolute as a child and then just became a shitty teenager, an affliction that affects most people, 14 to 18, and is now just kind of pushed through it. And Atherin got to skip all those shitty teenage years. So no wonder he likes Kira so much. Yeah. Kigali asks if Atherin knows what he's going to do, and he's like, well, I maybe. I don't know. I, it's tough. I kind of like Kigali's reaction to that. I don't know what I'm going to do next. And Kigali's reaction is just, oh, shit, not again. So the druggies get their drugs. They've added 10 units of Gilpatin. I don't know what units. Red Bull. Whatever they measure power level in. Although in DBZ, there are actually two different measurements of power level. Wait, what? The Boo Saga people have a different... They have kilos. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe it. This is over 10,000 kilos. Which is different than whatever Frieza measures it in. Raditz's. <laughs> <laughs> well, Raditz had a power level of like 1,000. Well... I just remember that one, because I remember the Cybermen are all the same power as Raditz. <laughs> we could just grow Raditzes, Vegeta. <laughs> He's their Raditz, but their Raditz is stronger than our Raditz. <laughs> so now the druggies will get up to two hours of performance, which means that entire battle last time lasted two hours tops, which doesn't quite seem right, because I can't believe they were there for less than half of it. No, I can see that. Blue suit guy who just wanted to come in and sweep. Well, he all he seemed like he was surprised that they were returning. So it's entirely possible that they hadn't gotten as much, so they didn't have as long of a time frame. What I'm talking about is it doesn't seem like that previous battle was that short with all the montages and stuff we got. Well, it did seem that intense. We certainly didn't see more than an hour of it, but it seems like it should have been longer since 
They've had a longer rest now than the paddle was. So Kira's sleeping in his cockpit. That's got to be uncomfortable. Catherine's ink scene. On the stairs. Kigali's watching uh, him. Watching that ass. The arc is also watching that ass. <laughs> and the episode ends with the Calamity Forbidden and Raider taking off again and the druggies swearing to get those two assholes this time because they have a vendetta now. Hey, but now they actually share something in common. They, they're like on the same page about stuff. They, like any good DM, Blue Suit Asshole has provided them with a common enemy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And that's the end of the episode. Kind of another one that reverses the formula where it starts out with this super, super intense action sequence and then goes to a slow talky bit in the second half. But Atherin and Kira have finally talked. They're at this tense moment where they might resolve their differences or they might end up kind of going their separate ways again, depending on what Atherin decides. If he wants to go be loyal to his asshole father or instead his friend and his new kind of girlfriend and his old girlfriend. So, it really, it's just a matter of how much does Atherin care about peer pressure? How much does Atherin like his dad? I mean, more than I think he ought. His dad has been nothing but an asshole to him on screen. So No, I, I, I definitely agree with you on that. But it, if you look at it, it's dad who's being a dick versus and kind of the country versus and... mob boss Lacus and all your other friends. All right. So what are our final thoughts on that episode? Do you like it, Tyler? I always ask you that. But yep. I really like the battle sequences in this one. They're more focused on the mobile suit stuff than the combined arms stuff we've been getting. But they still have a real nice Normandy almost feel to them. Well, at this point in time, all of our main characters are piloting mobile suits. So it does make a little bit of sense that they would tamp even more down on the uh, combined suits. arms aspect in favor of the mobile suits because that's where your characters are. So I will say I'm glad Atherin and Kira finally got to, like, talk. It was a little anticlimactic, though. It didn't quite have the grabby toss to it. I, I actually kind of like that. Yeah, yeah no, I like it. It was it subverted my expectations. They have, like, a nice quiet talk, and neither of them... Like, Kira's decided what he wants to do, and nothing can change his mind. And Atherin has no idea what he wants to do. So, like, there's not a lot of conflict there. It's difficult to argue with something like that because you don't know what you're doing, but they do, and you're not entirely sure whether or not... It, but at the same time, Kira's not evangelizing. He's not Lacus Klein who's trying well, to recruit Atherin to yeah, the cause. He's not trying to convert Atherin. He's just telling him very calmly, this is why I'm doing what I'm doing, and this is what I'm going to be doing. Although, also, it'd be a shame if I had to murder you. <laughs> yeah, it'd be a real shame if I had to kill your ass. But... I found experimentally that is the best way to convince anyone is just calmly explain your approach and then quietly threaten to murder them. <laughs> well, you know, that's the whole thing from Al Capone. You get more with a kind word and a gun than you do with just a kind word. Fair enough. So high points. Tyler, what do you got? Specifically, Atherin's facial expressions while he was talking to Kigali alone after Kira left their group. He was really well animated there. Zach? I really like the unintentional cooperation and teamwork that Atherin and Kira show off in the beginning of the episode. Yeah, it's a real nice, especially contrasted, like I said, against the druggies literally attacking each other. They've just got all these combo moves where one will cover, like, physically the other, so he can, like, sneak into an attack position. Lots of shots of, like, one just peeking over the other's shoulders to firing off some guns. Yeah, Lots I mean, of kicking mobile suits, which is always the best thing you can do in it's choreographing. Just, it's just a cool, a cool thing, where you have two characters working together to defeat a numerically superior force that just doesn't have the same level of coordination 
What about you, Jeremy? What's your high point? I'm going to say the Astray Girls, because we see them kind of like awkwardly bumbling into success like they're rookies, which they are. And also, it's just really cool, even though they don't have much in the way of personality, to have like this personification of the Orb Grunt Forces. Because every time an Astray gets destroyed, it feels a little worse, because, ah, what if one of those girls is in it? And we don't really have that on the Earth Forces side, which makes them feel kind of more faceless evil. I mean, I feel as though they it isn't necessarily that they're bumbling into success, but they definitely don't seem to be doing anything outside of what would be I mean, uh, basic training. Mula Flaga in a mobile suit for the first right. time. Like so. that's what I was saying. Is that they, they aren't doing anything beyond the basics. Like they know what to do. They've been trained, they've practiced, but they haven't really been experienced. And it's not bumbling, there's just a shakiness to everything they do, which makes them seem like rookies, which is cool because they are. Yeah, they lack experience. So they're and, not gonna try any of the flashy moves like kicking someone in the face with a mobile suit and it's really cool to see them in contrast like you were saying to the super experienced dudes how about low points tyler this is actually kind of hard there's not a whole lot of low point in this episode it's actually pretty even i mean all the fight scenes were pretty great all the talky bits were pretty talky i'm gonna say just not enough to snark from moo it's hard to choose something yeah there's actually very little moo in this episode yeah he is technically present how about you zach the druggies uh, what's wrong with the druggies? I really don't like the druggies. They aren't given, an, especially because the beginning of the ep- or the series, we've we were given the uh, Zala team slash the Crusade team, so we actually had characterization between all of those. The druggies are just your standard generic bad guy number nine hundred and seventy-two. I really like what they kind of represent, but we haven't gotten to much of that yet. And I don't know that they ever really go into what they are. They do enough for me anyway, but we will get to that and to talk about that when it happens. For me, let's see. It's kind of hard to pick. It's a pretty solid episode. It's got two very good halves. It's got a lot of kind of fillery bits, but they feel like a bit of relief after the super intense action. So it kind of works. Like I said, it was hard to choose. Yeah, it is. I thought I had one. I'm going to say the random shot of Flay and Izak being like, hey, we're still characters in this show. Say, Pay I was, attention to us. I was going to say, runner-up for me was uh, just Rao randomly popping up for two seconds. <laughs> I kind of like that because it shows Zaft is watching the battle, and specifically Rao the Crusade is. And it reinforces what he's talking about at the time, about how if they side with one yeah. side, the other will attack. And it's literally, whichever side they side with, if they choose one, the other one is in position to attack. All right, we have our game. The next episode, we will reveal what the game is. Oh, boy. <laughs> I'm really excited. I kind of don't final, want to. Final guesses, Tyler? So did, did we score any points this episode? We did. There was a brief time where there was one second of points, and I really hoped that was going to be the total. But we scored a total of nine seconds. Oh, wow. This episode. Bring the total to 13 minutes and 29 seconds. Yeah, I was gonna say, because if it was just one second, I would guess Rouse screen time, but <laughs> I think I already guessed that. Okay. And we had nine seconds this episode? Nine seconds. And two scenes, if that helps. A one one-second scene and one eight-second scene. Amount of time Murdoch has left to live. <laughs> <laughs> no. All right. So do we want to put one of the druggies' mobile suits on our list? Yeah, I don't see any reason not to. They've been around for a bit now. We've got to see them in action a little more. Since you mentioned it specifically, I think we start with the Raider. Does that sound all right to you? Yeah, sure. It's got the Transform gimmick. It's very much the Wing Gundam, which is kind of the Zeta Gundam, which makes it seem lame to me. So, where do we want to start looking for the Raider? The Buster's kind of high. How do we think it compares to the Duel, which is, I guess, our base kind of Gundam? Yeah, it's the original Gundam, basically. I mean, it's got an interesting gimmick, but 
man, does it look super mega derpy in eagle form. <laughs> really I don't care for the well, raider. It's, its base form isn't that impressive. It's like, a, it sure is a generic looking mobile suit. It's otherwise. got that cool flail that you like so much. That is true. And it's got a I mouth like cannon. A flail. Oh, does this one also have a mouth cannon? Yeah. Yeah, it, it spits at you. Okay, so those are definitely points in its favor. On the other hand, it has active points in its detriment, because... Eagle form looks really derpy. I'm going to have to say the duel is slightly less stupid. All right, Zach? No, I agree with Tyler. All right, so another mobile suit I think looks stupid is the Baku. <laughs> I, I like the Baku. Yeah, so I'm oddly fond of the Baku. Um, <laughs> that said, flying eagle mode. Yeah, but see, the Baku actually looks like a piece of equipment that I think you would actually get a lot of use out of. Eagle form, not so much. Hey, you need another mobile suit made out of guns to ride on it. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't really help it. Actually, and it's just a glorified ghoul. I can actually see this being really uh, pragmatic if you want an inter-atmospheric operational mobile suit. I actually think it's not a bad idea. And actually, if I were to design this thing in real life, I'd probably just say, yeah, fuck it, the head's at the front of this thing. i just make the freaking wing. Okay, that's fair. Look, I'm not saying it doesn't go under the Wing Gundam. It 100% goes under the Wing Gundam, but we don't have that on our list. And also, the Wing Gundam goes above the Baku. <laughs> yes, it does. So, does the Raider Gundam? I'm going to go ahead and say yes, but what do you I guys don't say? think so. Tyler? I'm torn on this because I have a weird soft spot for the Baku, but I think I'm actually going to have to give it to the Raider on this one. Alrighty. So, is it better or worse than the Naked Strike? Naked Strike. Naked Strike. For the same reasons, I don't think it's as good as the Duel. I feel like it should go under the Naked Strike. Because it has that sleekness to it, and those cool knives. Or I was going to uh, chain that song into saying something about sweet hip knives. No, I, I, I agree with Jeremy. I don't think the Raider's better than the Naked Strike. The Naked Strike's just got the it's got the knives, it's got the very sleek figure. It's, it's, it's a pretty cool mobile suit. Now that you're calling it Naked Strike, though. Strike? Strike! Alright, so the Raider Gundam knows that goes at number 14, two-thirds of the way down the list, below the strike and above the Baku. So, what's eh. number one on the list right now, because it's been a while. And the launcher had. strike. Okay. I like big guns. And I cannot, I cannot lie. lie. Exactly. <laughs> so, I think that will do it for this episode of Gundam Seed. Be sure to catch us next time when we unveil what our game has been in episode 38-40, Into the Dawn Skies. Oh. Wait, I have one more guess. Okay. Um, scenes with sexual tension between Kigali and Atherin. No, there's way more of that. <laughs> Good guess, but no. <laughs> All right, so we'll see you then. Bye. He's the one who killed that guy, you know.